Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we break down the new additions to OU's coaching staff now that they are official, and we give you the latest updates on OU's roster in the National College Football Roundup. We discuss the college football QB carousel and talk about the highlights from bowl games this weekend. And we finish up giving you our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, December 20th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in December from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $60,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $60,000 Rudolph's Riches promotion. Drawings are every 30 minutes, and grand prize winners will be selected at 1159. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com, Riverwind Casino, still the one. And they gave us really awesome Christmas baskets. Those were really cool. Uh, some good chocolates in there, uh, a bottle of vino to go with it. Awesome stuff. They're the we, best. We love our presenting sponsor. Thank you, Riverwind. Now, recording this Sunday night, please leave us a five star review. And a nice comment. Also, if you want to sponsor the podcast, you can email the Oklahoma breakdown at gmail.com. Ted, we have we have gained a lot of YouTube subscribers. I would say a suspicious amount <laughs> in the last two weeks. And so there, there is that. We've been told that, hey, the YouTube channel, people like to see what we're doing when we're talking about OU football and college football and all this other stuff we talk about. So if you want to, if you want to see us while we do the podcast, you can check us out on YouTube. Just search the Oklahoma breakdown and you'll find us. Uh, that's so funny. A suspicious amount. <laughs> it's crazy, but I'll tell you though, dude, since, since Lincoln left that Sunday, I feel like 
it's just been it's just been crazy since then like twitter and like all social media youtube podcast everything's just been it's a good thing yeah no i'm uh, i'm definitely with you so hey if you if you like listen to us but you can always watch us on youtube all right let's get to the ou stuff and probably best place to start the staff announcements right these these OU staff additions are now official since the university has announced them. And let's start with one man. You got to start with one guy. And that is Jerry Schmidt. He is officially back. And I feel I'm happy for the kids because they're going to get pushed to their limits. They're they're going to become physically tougher, mentally tougher, uh, emotionally and spiritually tougher. And probably the biggest negative for them is the Malcolm Kelly rap will now be ruined for them for forever, which is, I mean, how it is for all of us. So I, I, it is no longer fun. Yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be ramped up. It's going to be difficult. Um, Well, I shouldn't say no longer fun. It's Schmitty has a lot of fun. It's just, there's a lot of misery in the fun. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, no, no. I, I tried to make <laughs> I, I tried to make it sound better, but it just the, the good just thing no... about it. The fun thing about it is, you, it it's always going to be something that you look back on. It's fun when you're done with it, right? That's that's whenever it, it gets good. Um, but I I just I love whenever as soon as they made the announcement, I love the picture that's getting passed around of him where he's in the sport coat and he's got his head like tilted (laughs) and he's got that smirk on his face. It's just like, Oh my God, that is just beautiful. Just, just looks like a guy that is like the head of the fraternity that is about to haze the shit out of everyone. (laughs) It's so good. I love it. it, It's good. And you know, I, I really like the, the statement, that Schmitty put out there. Uh, I thought a lot of the fans read that and they just got people fired up. And there was one thing that kind of stood out to me about what he said, Ted, and that's what he said about Venables. And the quote was Brent's reputation around the country is about toughness. And that's what OU's about toughness, working hard. And I, I never thought Schmitty was coming back. Like I, I never thought because he, I mean, he had really, Good thing going at A and M. He was getting paid really, really well down there. They were they had kind of built something there in College Station, but I think that just tells you because we're starting to hear, you know, we're the things we're saying about BV, right? But it's like every everyone that has been around Venables has something like this to say about them, and I think it just it just tells you everything you know you need to know about Brent Venables, not only as a coach, but just as a man that Jerry Schmidt was like, Oh yeah, I'll leave a easy choice. I'm, I, I want to be with Brent Venables. Like that just, it kind of shows that relational thing. He keeps talking about, right. The relationships he develops with people for Jerry Schmidt to just pick up from A&M and leave that whole situation. I mean, that's, that's really surprising to me, but it's just, it's all about Venables, man. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Schmitty would have come back for any other coach. 
right? Than Venables. I think, you know, and I, I would like to know how, how, like, have they had this conversation before? Hey, if I ever get a head coaching job, would you come with me? Or was this like a, oh my gosh, this whole thing's happening? First call has got to be to Schmitty, see if he's in. And how awesome would that be? Just just to like hear that conversation or, you know, uh, Coach Schmidt, whenever that fo- phone lights up and it's Venables, I, that's just, it's so cool. And yes, those two guys are, um, it's a perfect match, man. It really is. If you want a championship, you call Jerry Schmidt. The guys want to pretty much everywhere, but even he couldn't get one at Texas A&M. Uh, you know, that's how that's how bad Texas A&M is. But he did a good job turning it around down there. It's going to be awesome to watch this thing grow. So I, I have, we have received all kinds of requests for Schmitty stories. And we'll sprinkle them in. It's like, this isn't just going to turn into a podcast about horror, horror stories of working out for Jerry Schmidt. I, I, as entertaining as that would be, I don't think that would be the, the best use of, of our time. <laughs> but I will throw this one out there. The first time I'd never met Jerry Schmidt till the first time we went and worked out. And he threw a 45-pound plate at me the first time I worked out. <laughs> so how does that happen like he so this is what happened and i know that now he never told me this and kevin wilson never told me this but i am 100 sure that kevin wilson told him to make my life miserable (laughs) i am 100 sure because when he threw it at me he's like too much talking dog all you do is talk i had literally never met the guy like I'd never met him. He's like, just always talking. I was like, I haven't eaten what? So I think Wilson was like, Hey, and I did talk a lot, but I wasn't talking in that workout. I know that I could barely breathe. Wasn't talking, but he, yeah, he, he kind of set the tone with me and I, I dodged the plate. It was more like at the feet. It, it, it wasn't. So trying what to were you doing? Where, were you just standing there and he threw I was it standing there, legs? like racking the weight. He was like, Need to move faster, dog. Need to talk less. All you do is talk. I was like, what? So what, he pulled it off the bar and just threw it at you? Basically, yeah. <laughs> and you know what I did? I started racking the weight faster, Ted. Oh, that's so funny. But I, it's just it's just a classic example. Well, I know it was probably the same for you. There, So the way a workout in the summer is typically structured is – there's like speed work or um, like agility work is first. They kind of rotate days. Sometimes it's like straight line speed stuff, like explosiveness. And then the other time it's like side to side, change of direction stuff. And they alternate between those. But you have a period of that. And then you go lift. And then when you're done lifting, you go condition, right? That's the same, same for you guys. So whenever you're done with the, like the speed work or the, the agility work, change of direction work, totally smoked. But then you go in and you're usually in cleats. So then you change into shoes and you go in and you lift. So there's this weird thing where everyone like lifts so fast 
it's like as fast as you can burn through your sheet and there's strength coaches, everyone's standing there. So you get like an extra 45 seconds to put your cleats on, right? It's all about that, that little window to put your cleats on. Because if you're not ahead of the curve and everyone's like gone and getting to where you're going to condition and you're stuck there trying to put your cleats back on, it makes conditioning that much worse. It's, it's a weird to think about, but I'm sure you guys did the same thing, right? Uh, I would always try to get done as fast as I could in the weight room. That way I could say a little prayer to myself when I was putting my cleats on. <laughs> Just like, oh, Lord, please don't let me die today. Today's not the day, please. It's crazy, <sighs> though. An hour-long lift and everyone is racing each other, so there's a small amount of comfort changing back into cleats. We'll see. Hey, maybe he's changed a little bit. I don't know. Maybe there's a more. I, who knows? Maybe he'll come let us. By the way, we are. I people are like, I want to go through a Schmitty workout. What? No, you don't. Why would you want to do that? Who's? What do you mean? Who said that? People on the people on social media are like, oh, I would love to. Like, I would love to just do it once. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you want to have to put yourself through that? It's awful. You you can't do it once. I, you know, okay, I've got an idea. So we should we should try to convince Smitty to let them do like one workout where people can pay like X amount of dollars. First of all, you gotta sign a you gotta sign yeah, a liability sign waiver. A waiver. You gotta sign a waiver, but you do like the exact same lift that the players, exact same workout the players did that day, but you gotta pay like a hundred or 200 bucks, something like that. Or maybe we go premium. It's like 500 bucks to do it. And all the money goes to charity. And then me and you get to watch and like commentate it. I would love that because if, if you are, I don't care how good a shape you're in. doesn't matter if you're not, you, you can't, it's it's a two hour workout, man. <laughs> Where you like, you're stretched and warmed up and then Schmitty like kicks a door open and comes flying in out of nowhere or like repels in from the ceiling and it's game on for two straight hours. It's long. If it's for charity, maybe we can get this done. Uh, maybe not. Good. Probably opens you up to a little too much liability. Like probably a little too much liability than you, the university is comfortable with, but huh. Hey, it's not the worst wanna, idea I've ever people had. People want to pay to pay to go in there. And, yeah, I'm sure he'd do that. <laughs> I, I wonder how much people would pay. I'm very like, yeah. I, I actually I've got some uh, a free segment between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. That's whenever we can do it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Could you imagine? <laughs> oh, I I will say this. I will miss getting to watch some of the like some portions of the workout on Instagram like in Instagram stories, it was always actually kind of fun to pop on Benny Wiley's. I, I remember the first time he, someone alerted me that that was happening. I was like, if Jerry Schmidt knew that was happening, I don't even know. Like, can you imagine if someone goes in there with like a cell phone and is trying to record the guys working out, like what he's going to do? Uh, no, that's it's, you couldn't even, you couldn't even figure out what the workout the next day was going to – you couldn't even figure out the workout the day you were working out from the earlier groups. It's like top secret. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh. How many are we running today, Coach? No way. There's no way you get an answer for that. Never ask Ever. that. Never no. ask that. No. Ooh. All right, let's move on before we start just <laughs> like sweating. Okay, Newcastle's finest, Brandon Hall, joining Britt Venable's staff as the safeties coach. Been the defensive coordinator at Troy the last three seasons. Had some pretty solid, solid success in his role there. This is a guy who's also been heavily involved in special teams. Uh, he was he was he was in the quality control role one season when I was playing, but he was on the defensive side. I had very very little interaction with him, but he was on the OU staff as a GA when you were playing, Ted. So I, I assume. You know him somewhat. I know it's been a long time. Not saying you're old or anything, but you are. But how big of an addition is this for BV? Brandon Hall was, I, for, for, for my tenure at OU, my four seasons there, I had the most interaction with Schmitty was number one, Venables is number two, Brandon Hall was number three. And any linebacker that played there during that that tenure he was very very big instrumental in development of the players there uh anything that has to do with the defense he's an awesome guy uh he's super outgoing super smart uh good recruiter he's i think he's he's fantastic i actually knew brandon hall i've known him since he was a student assistant for john blake and for before Blake's last season. So I went to that football camp before Blake's last season. And uh, like Brandon Hall was like in charge of my group or whatever. So uh, I knew him pretty well going way back to my sophomore year in high school. So I've known him for a long, long time. Thrilled that they made this this hire. He's great. He worked. He worked directly with Venables from 99 until um you know, until Venables left and, or did he, he left a year or two earlier. Is that right? I, I think he, so he was, he came back v- with, for Venables last year. And right. I think 2011 was when he was on the staff when I was there. Okay. But, yeah. And then he went yeah. to Arkansas state for a while. He was with Malzahn when they went to Auburn. So he's, he's, he's got a lot of experience, but, very, very instrumental in the defense. Uh, and he, he is like 
he walks and talks Venable's language, which is not easy, but he, they're like linked at the brain. It's good. That is, you, you usually want coaches that are linked at the brain, but him, him coaching safeties, we, we've talked a lot about how, infor- how important safety play was this year for the Sooners, and BV puts a lot on his safeties as well. So to have a guy like Brandon Hall be in charge of that group, I, I'm excited. I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't really know the guy, but I've, I've heard great things about him from you, from other guys that were playing at that time. So seems like a, seems like a hire that OU fans should be really excited about. Yep, very smart, understands. Obviously, he's coming from a – he was the defensive coordinator um, so there's a great, there's a depth in his background that he can coach the whole defense. So uh, you're going to have multiple guys with that type of experience. So excellent. Yeah, that's good. All right. The, the next official staff edition, Miguel Chavis was named OU's defensive ends coach. This was a guy that played at Clemson. Uh, guy certainly looks the part I've, I've seen some pictures of him out on the recruiting trail already. Certainly appears to have a physical presence about him. I I find myself looking at his calves in pictures. I don't know why, Ted. It's just the way I am. Guy's got impressive calves. I mean, they just kind of they pop off the screen. But this guy sounds like a really interesting dude. And I haven't I haven't met Miguel yet. I don't know if you have, but he was in the seminary before he decided to get into coaching. And I think BV said he was an ordained minister. So who is this guy? Like he, he looks enormous. I know that he, like, he looks like a football coach. He certainly looks like an ex player, but that guy was going to be a priest. Yeah. Um, Hey, you never know, but I guess his true calling is coaching football. And you know, some of these hires, you know, I don't know much about Roof, don't know much about Chavis. I do know Brandon Hall really well, but a lot of this is I'm taking Coach Venables. Um, I, I, I trust his judgment. He, he's not taking any of these hires lightly, especially on the defensive side. So I know he's getting the guys that are going to do it right, that are going to uh, put in the work, that can recruit, that can, you know, echo all of the points that he emphasizes and get that across to the players. Uh, so I don't know a whole lot about him, but I think it's like, as soon as this thing gets all wrapped up and the bowl game is over, I think, I think we'll get a crash course on all these, these coaches. Yeah. I, I've got questions for Chavis. I, I have so many questions, but <laughs> it, I mean, if well, once again, our, our whole our whole philosophy has been like, hey, we're going to trust Brent Venables, and like you mentioned, especially on the defensive side of things, he wouldn't he wouldn't make Miguel Chavis the defensive ends coach here if he didn't believe in him. And he does seem he does seem like a guy that's got an energy about him, and you know he he's a big dude, and when when you look like an ex player which he was, I think, and I think he had a cup of coffee in the league as well. That, that matters to high school yeah. recruits. When a guy that looks like him comes into your living room, like it gets your attention. That's just, that's just true. That's just how it works. Yeah. 
No, there's no doubt about that. Here's the other thing is I think, I think this is like, it wasn't announced, but <laughs> James changed his Twitter bio and was like recruiting, I think right out of the gate, right? Like maybe the first hire defensively that we knew about. So if, if he was that high on Venable's list and it's like one of the first guys he went to and said, Hey, let's do this. And that guy was like, I'm with you. Let's go. I feel good about that. I like it. I just, a guy that was, because the bio said he was going to, he was in the seminary. So I just, I have so many questions. I <laughs> have so many questions, but man, ooh, the guy must be able to coach. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, we'll see. Coach and okay. recruit. Coach yep, and recruit. That's all that matters. That's the name yep. of the game, man. Okay. So the staff so far, as it looks, you look on the defensive side, Ted Roof, he's going to, what, backers, defense coordinator, Brandon Hall, now safeties, Miguel Chavis, now at the defensive ends. So that leaves, what, interior D-line and cornerbacks? Is that still – because I think it's safe to, safe to assume that BV is not coaching a position, right? So we would assume right. he's going to make two more additions to the defensive staff. Yep. That's what I think. Um, I could be wrong. And I honestly, I don't know on defensive line. Um, I don't, I don't know who he's thinking. I think the, the guy that was there at Clemson is staying at Clemson. Um, you know, I really thought Thibodeau had a really good chance of, of maybe being able to stick around. Um, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know what direction he's going to go there. Yeah. And then looking at the offense, Levy, Gundy, Beanbow, DeMarco, Joe John. So the only two spots are the defensive line and the cornerback. So we'll, we'll see. And I'm sure that'll take place here in the next couple of weeks. I wonder if guys maybe that BV's looking at or coaching in the college football playoff or something like that. I don't know where that would kind of delay it. I don't, that's really the only reason I could think of those those positions not being filled or there not being like a couple names that we could just think of you know what i mean yeah um yeah i'm do you think there's going to be an, another addition on offense or no i don't know it would i mean i so you lose we've talked about how kale can pretty much do anything. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I'm sure, you know, they discussed is maybe adding a little more diversity to the offensive side of stuff. Yep. And because it would be right. Yeah. DeMarco is the only black coach you got on the mm -hmm. offensive side. Right. And yep. you, you would like to have a little more diversity Right when you're going into living rooms and stuff like that stuff matters. We don't have to pretend that it doesn't. So I don't know. I I don't know. Would you, would it be a wide receivers coach? I know a lot of people have said, "Hey, bring Malcolm Kelly back." I don't know if that's realistic. Like, or is Kale? Are we just assuming that Kale's the wide receivers coach? Uh, if this is how it's if it's going to stay this way, I think that would be it would be set there. Uh, the only way I would I would think that they brought someone in in is if they moved Gundy, maybe to a special teams coach or something like that. 
but um because i i don't think i don't think levy does the two wide receiver coach thing he doesn't do like inside and outside wide receivers coach so um that would require gundy move but i maybe Vittables is is likes it how it is and set that way and which is no problem. I think that's a that's still an awesome, awesome lineup there. A really good recruiting. That's a heck of a recruiting offensive coaching staff. Really good. Yeah. So I, I, I guess the only piece. Yeah, it seems like Kale is a piece you can kind of just put wherever, and you you know he's going to recruit at a really high level, and he's going to coach the hell out of whatever you give him. Right. He's. I mean, how many positions has he had? since he's been at OU. So we, you know, he can coach anything. So, and that, yep. that, that's a compliment, right? So I don't know. That's, that's something I really hadn't thought that much about, but I do feel, and I know that, you know, they've, they've all been announced that they've been retained, but I, I think there's still a school out West out uh, trying to get a couple of these guys services. Really? Yeah. Well, I I don't know I don't know why and I can't speak for anyone obviously everyone has their own reasons but I don't know why anyone would pick up and leave OU to go to you I can think of a million reasons why you wouldn't do it I I don't know of one of why you would so I don't know the weather's nice other than that that weather yeah I didn't think about that that's the only one, though, right? That's it. They got great weather. But, yeah, it sounds like uh, sounds like still after a couple of them. But well, I'm here's sure. Here's the thing. I mean, I, I'm sure everyone, I'm, I'm, he's probably dying out there to have DeMarco. But you think DeMarco, is, there's no way. He, he, even if he wanted to, right? I. No, I'm with you. Like, oh, you legend. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to. You don't want to do that to your legacy at your alma mater. But right. this is this is the truth. Joe Casiglione and the administration, they're gonna have to take care of these guys, right? I mean, that's that's just where where it's at. We we've talked about how heading into the SEC, they're gonna have to start paying some more money. They're gonna have to start, you know, paying their coaches more. And listen, being a coach at Oklahoma. It's it's an honor, right? We can all agree on that. But they can't just lean on that moving forward. Mm-mm. You can't. You got to pay these guys. That's just that's the that's how the SEC works. So yes, it's an honor. It's a privilege to coach at Oklahoma. There's no doubt. It's a distinguished job to be one of the ten coaches at OU. But you got to pay. You got to pay these guys. Right. And, uh, and I'm sure that those are discussions that are taking place. Yeah. Well, I, that all of that you would think should have been handled and, and diced through during coach Venables, uh, negotiation as head coach. I mean, one of the things that's is, is almost as big as, is your salary is what is the coach, the, the pool of money you're being given to pay your assistants. I mean, that's, that's critical. And all of that, the cost of business is going up, baby. Big time. Yep. And I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I don't want to make it sound like I am worried about it, but 
it's just one of those things where, yeah, you're the, like you said, the pool for the assistants needs to grow. And you, if you want to keep big time assistant coaches around, you got to pay them. That's just, that's how it works in the SEC. Well, that's so. part of why, you know, there's a lot said about, well, why didn't Venables take a, a head coaching job earlier? And, you know, he, he had opportunities. What, what, what was he afraid of? Well, part of the equation is he was the highest paid assistant coach in the country every single year. You know, that's making like, like two and a half million dollars. Yeah, as a, as a DC. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's part of it. If you want to keep good coaches around, it has to make sense financially for them. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the roster. We, all the coaching stuff has been so wild. We've kind of forgotten to talk about what's going on with the guys on the actual team. So let, let's get to that. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 560 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the drinks and snacks, including my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Love's Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Love's Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see the red neon heart on the highway, stop and say hi at Love's Travel Stops. For a full list of what Love's has to offer, visit loves.com and make sure you bank at First Fidelity Bank. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. Yeah, so I, I realized we haven't really talked about anything roster-wise. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood left. I don't think we mentioned it. There was a lot going on to our defense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, and as fast as that happened, it's almost like he, it, it didn't matter what was going to go down with Lincoln. He was gone. Right. He, he knew where he was going and, uh, that seemed that deal seemed like it was set up. Yeah. And it's interesting because he's going to play in a system that is very, very similar to the system that Levy is bringing to Oklahoma. Yeah, with a quarterback that's about half as good. Yeah. So do you think, and listen, I like Jaden Hazelwood. I think when you, when you look at his OU career, he just, he never became the guy we all hoped he would be. Right? I mean, he just never reached the potential. Remember, this, this guy was the number one wide receiver in the country. Right. When you are when you are the number one wide receiver in the country, that comes with certain expectations. And the expectation that I have for a guy like that when you're ranked that highly in the recruiting rankings is that you are going to be a first round pick. Like that's my expectation. If you're if you're coming in and you are you're that hyped as a wide receiver, 
You need to be a first rounder. And he is far from that currently, currently. And I, I think he, his progress, it, the, the injury derailed it a little bit because the coaches had been telling us how good he looked, how he was taking that step, how he was going to be a monster, you know, going into last season and then blows the knee out. And he did some good things this season, but he at, at points in time, he, he almost just seemed like just a guy to me. Now he's got good size and I love how he blocks. Like he plays his ass off and that is, that's something to be admired, but he wasn't close to, you know, first round pick material. So I, I don't know. He just, he never became what we were hoping he'd be. Well, I think he's, I, I think this system is actually great for him. You know, Lincoln has a really good system, but it's a system, right? There's there's a bunch of built-in things for it. There's built-in route concepts. This, what what we're about to see is it's way more like backyard football than it is like some intricate offensive scheme. They're going to walk to the line, and if they like to match up the guy that's on Hazelwood, for instance, he just takes off down the field. They throw it up and let him go make a play. I mean, it's it's at times that simple. And when you can just let guys go be athletes and go be wide receivers and just say, we're going to throw it down there, you go find a way to bring it in. I think a lot of guys thrive in that type of system. It's a little more like what you see in the NFL at times. So um, it, it's frustrating that he's gone. I think this would have been his best chance to really burst onto the scene. But if you're not happy, you're not happy. And, uh, you know, if Arkansas is a place that he feels like is, is going to give him the best opportunity, I wish him the absolute best of luck but it probably would have been great to stay. I agree with you on that. Okay, I just looked at it. Hazelwood, in his three years, had 736 yards receiving. Do you think he gets more than that next year at Arkansas? Maybe. Probably. They had a guy. What, um, what yeah, Traylon Burke's going to be a first-round pick. Yeah. Yeah. And – uh, even Woods had a really good year. They did. I think he was a, a six or seven hundred yard receiver last year. Woods was, wasn't he? Yeah, before he transferred. Yeah, before something he transferred. like that. We used to have that stat memorized when he was coming because yeah, we're like, he's going to be amazing, right? Uh, which you know, it's it's funny because uh, they were not happy whenever he left and came to Oklahoma. So, you know, I guess. Uh, I guess what goes around comes around, but I wish him the best of luck. It does feel like a, a system that he could have a lot of success in. I think he has a chance to have a lot of success in the system there. He could have done it here. Yep, I'm with you. Okay, another wide receiver, Theo Weiss. He was in the portal, but announced he's coming back. And I'm not sure whether that means he's going to try to play in the bowl game or not. If I were him, I wouldn't. Right. It, the And hear me out on that. Like now I say that if you are, if you're healthy enough to play, you always want to play. Right. I, I understand that, but man, he's missed the whole year 
with that foot. Like, and it just would be like, if he doesn't feel comfortable, you know what I mean? Like if he doesn't feel like he's all the way back, like, I don't feel like this is the time. Hey, let's go, let's go test it. Right. Like get into the off season healthy. I don't, I don't know. I, I have a weird feeling on Theo Weiss for, for the Alamo bowl. I'm not sure why, but I just think that I, I think everyone feels great about the the fact that he is staying, but I just, from a health perspective, I don't know if this is like all of a sudden, I, I don't think Theo Weiss is going to have like eight catches in the Alamo bowl or something like that. I just don't, I don't see that. I agree. I agree. If you're not ready, you haven't had any game action. He had not played at all. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't do anything if you do play. Right. I, I don't know what, what his practice, uh, what, what was he practicing leading up to it? He had to be getting close to it if he was. So maybe you go practice a little bit, but yeah, I I I wouldn't be any uh crazy hurry to get back out there and and try and try and make something happen here. But I am interested to see because there's a lot of carryover, there's a lot of similarities in in some things offensively between this system and Lincoln's system and Joe John kn- knows them both. I I wonder if if we're going to see some of that called in this game with OU's terminology. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not, right? If if you already have the concept in, get a jump on it. Yeah, you've got, and also you've got a couple of weeks to game plan That's for right. Oregon. Why not? Yeah, That's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's you you basically are getting a free spring. Now you're not going to install it all, but you can practice the concepts under a different a different terminology and essentially end up running maybe something really similar to what you're going to be learning in the spring. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that next Sunday, Oregon preview, our boy, Jeff Schwartz joining us. Yeah. The duck himself. Nice. Yeah. So that, that'll be a lot of fun. Also Marvin Mims. He had been being, what's the best word courted by some of his, you know, some guys that knew him in high school, people are tweeting at him, you know, Hey, come to TCU, come to Texas, like all these different places. I I think that they feel pretty good about him staying put. Uh, I think they feel pretty good. I think that you know he's he's gotten a crash course in what Levy's offense could be for him. And when you look at you know some of the smaller wide receivers that have had had success in this type of offense over the years, like. I can't imagine Marvin Mims looks at it and goes, yeah, no, I don't want to, I, I don't want to play in that system. Nope. Right. Like I, I just, I can't see that. I, I once again, don't know about the bowl game. I would assume that if he's staying, he's playing, but who knows, but I feel good about Mims being part of this team moving forward. Yeah. And he had a pretty good statement the other day about, you know, being anxious and and ready to start working with Schmitty and, and, yeah, I, I think this could be a good system for him. I mean, there's there's been a bunch of guys that are smaller that have been in the in in systems that are similar to this, and there's a lot lot of go balls, a ton of them, and you know you can you if you've got a speed mismatch, we're going to you. You got a size mismatch, we're going to you. You got a mismatch where they're giving you too much space, and you can go after the after the catch. 
we're going to you right right now. I mean, it, it's all about matchups, and he can win a bunch of different ways. So he's a guy that this could be great for. Yep. All right, last thing, and we haven't mentioned this at all either, but a few guys often out of the bowl game, right? Uh, you got Perrion Winfrey, Brian Osamoa, Nick Benito, and Isaiah Thomas. That's arguably your four best players on defense. And when you're trying to go win a football game and your four best players on defense aren't going to play, that's not ideal. I mean, it's not ideal. I, I don't really know what else to say. I'm, I'm not going to judge the guys for opting out. I mean, this is what this is the first time that OU's even played in the Alamo Bowl. So, I mean, what am I really going to say to them? Now, none of yeah. them are first-round picks. I know that. So it is, you know, it's it's a little different. I mean, you got some day three guys opting out of a bowl game, but it is what it is, right? A, a guy like Isaiah Thomas, man, he's served his time. A guy's been here for forever. What One more game isn't going to make or break his draft stock. So I, now I'm not even going to pretend to try to be upset at any of these guys. I'm not. I'm not upset. I don't you hate it. sleep about it, but I hate it. I think it's I think it's dumb. I think I think more than anything, it's not about avoiding injury. It's not about getting a jump start on uh training for the combine. It's to be able to say that you're opting out for the draft. Like if you're if you're Isaiah Thomas and Thibodeau for Oregon's a you know a, a top ten pick. He's opting out. Well, what does that make me if I'm playing in the game and he's opting out? You know, I look like you know I look like chopped liver out there playing in in the Alamo Bowl. If if I'm big time, I'm opting out. So for everyone to appear big time, you opt out. It's the thing to do. It looks good. Looks like you're looks like you're a, a top ten pick. Yeah. Um, I, I think what well, Benito's probably, probably the highest pick out of that group. And I would bet you the majority of teams have him third round probably would be my guess. I've talked to a couple of personnel guys that have him third round. A couple of them have him fourth round. So now you can, there, there's no doubt you can boost the hell out of your stock at the senior bowl and at the combine, like we've seen it year after year after year, but yeah, that's where it is interesting that, you know, you look at these guys and, and typically your opt outs are, you know, first round guys are like border for borderline first round guys. And as of now, from what I can tell, that's not where these guys are at currently. So I, once again, I mean, they've all played a lot of football and you know, bad things can happen. I understand that. But yeah, this is, it is interesting, right? It, a little. It's the dumbest trend in the history of college football. In the history of college football? I, I can't think of something dumber, but there's got to be something dumber. <laughs> something dumber. Then third or fourth round picks opting out of bowl games. Uh, I, let me think about it. I'll, I'll, if you're a I'll first round pick, 
if you're a first round pick and you're like three years ago or five years ago, however long it was, it was a huge deal that Christian McCaffrey opted out of the Sun Bowl. Right? That was a huge deal. It was like it was like nationwide news. Should he? Should he not? Should he opt out? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? What does he have to gain from the Sun Bowl? Like, that's like a guaranteed first-round pick in a much crappier bowl than the Alamo Bowl. And now we've got four guys on one team, and none of them are probably going to go in in the third round or higher. That's that's a ridiculous trend. Yeah. No, I. And it's only going to grow. It's only going to grow. Yeah. The COVID year gave everyone like that was the because everyone started after that. Do you think these guys would be playing if it was like if it was the Sugar Bowl, like something that is now, unfortunately, like it doesn't mean as much as what it did even, you know, seven, eight years ago. Right. Do you? Do you think if it was kind of a bigger stage of a game, you know, not the Alamo Bowl that these guys would be playing? Oh, well, if it no, not if it wasn't a playoff. Yeah, that's kind of what I think too. But I I don't know. I think something about it being the Alamo Bowl, and no, no offense to the Alamo Bowl. Can't wait to get down in San Antonio and see what the Alamo Bowl has to offer. But I just I don't know. I, we I if it was like a New year. year six game, I don't know. We, we were in the cotton last year in New Year's Six, and what Trey Brown? Who, how many did we have? There wasn't very. There was two, or was there two or three? Yeah, you're right. That happened. Ronnie so. Perkins, uh, Trey Brown, and Florida had a ton of them, right? Yeah, and then it, it, if you ask Dan Mullen, anyone that was good on their team, but right. well, I wonder what Dan Mullen's doing right now. Probably enjoying his buyout, but yeah. These guys probably opt out no matter what, huh? Which, yep. hey, I hope they kill it in the pre-draft process, and I hope they are all first-round picks because that would be really good for Oklahoma. So who knows? But they're not playing. Well, so it's the trend is going to continue, and it's going to get worse. You know, and I think that's why there's a huge push to uh, to expand the playoff because if if there's if you're asking guys to take a month off then go play in a game that really doesn't mean anything for like winning a championship and it's really been devalued with the playoff. It's, it's, it's a tough ask. It is. I understand. I mean, I do understand the premise of it and I, I think that's why they're trying to tie more games to the playoff, especially for, I mean, are you, would you sponsor a game if you knew all of the best players on both teams are going to opt out. How do you think the peach bowl feels? Right. <laughs> I know. Couple, what? No Kenneth Walker, the third for Michigan state. No Kenny Pickett for Pitt. Do you think the people at Chick-fil-A are just like, well, uh, what did yeah. we do? No. Yeah. It went from like a really cool matchup, uh, a really good quarterback versus a, a really good running back. Like we're going to be watching these guys on Sunday. This is awesome to all of a sudden there's zero reason to watch that football game. If, if I was running the peach bowl, I would leave Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Walker, the third in all the advertisements and just hope 
a bunch of people like the casual football fans didn't know they weren't playing in the game. I just leave them in there. <laughs> we'll just act like they are right up until yeah. even during kickoff. Show some random guy from Michigan State warming up. There's uh there's Kenneth Walker. What a player. He's gonna maybe go for two hundred bills tonight. Yeah, my goodness. All right, let's get to call your shot. And we asked what the most exciting thing that happened for OU football this week was. And I really liked this one response we got, Ted, and it was from Infamous Bale on Twitter at B S B E A L L said in a week full of excitement, who would have guessed three letters from the signees would be what sent sooner nation into overdrive. And I'm guessing what he is referencing is all those kids tweeting, LOL. I, I don't know what it means. I don't really care either. What, what is this? Well, I guess I missed all this. So, so some recruits like the Kobe McKenzie guy that you love, they they are acting like a, a bunch of more guys are coming. It's basically the message they're putting out for the fan base to read on Twitter. That's basically the gist of it. And it's got a bunch of people all kinds of fired up and trying to figure out who else is coming. I, I see. Know. Yeah, I, I don't know. that. It is interesting. I have seen a, a, some of that. I think he... Didn't Kobe McKenzie put some out there today like that? Like, I yeah, guess I've, the new thing is the lock, uh, and he put that out. And like, there's someone I don't know. I, I'll tell you, and I don't know if it's recruits. I don't know any of that, but I have a feeling the transfer portal is going to be fun to watch whenever that really heats up after the uh, the bowl season. Ooh. Ooh little portal action. Hey, BV talked about it. He's he's clearly not against it. Now, he he wants to get the right guys, right? Got to fit the culture. So, yeah. It is it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. All right, before we get to the National College Football Roundup, you know we got to do birthday shout-outs today. Yes. They're flooding. There there's too many. There's too many, but we'll try <laughs> to get through them. Happy ninth birthday. To Kiona Doherty. Happy birthday, Kiona. Ninth birthday. Happy birthday. Awesome. Happy 24th birthday to Peyton Lerner. Happy Solid birthday, name. Peyton. Happy 58th birthday to Randy Payne. Randy. Happy birthday, Randy. Happy birthday, Ted, to our man, Toasty Pants. It's Toasty Pants' <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday, Toasty Pants. <laughs> Happy belated birthday to Lisa Elrod, Jacob Mincer, and Lucas Mincer. All right. Happy birthday, guys. Sorry we missed you on the first time around. I really hope I typed that right. I hope it was Mincer and not Mesner. I don't know. I, guys, if I got it wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> Happy birthday to Dan Bolke. What's up, Dan? Happy birthday, Dan. And this is a first. The, the Garza family just wanted a happy December. They've got birthdays, like an anniversary. So Eric, Courtney, Riker, Tyler, and Nyla, happy December to the Garzas. Happy December, Garza family. Happy 12th anniversary to Amanda and Zeb Burt. Zeb, love that. What a name. Anniversary, 12 years, Amanda and Zeb. Congratulations. Happy wedding day. To Lauren and Will Riley. They're getting married on Monday. I don't think I've ever heard of that, but happy wedding day. Happy wedding day 
Maybe you guys should have kept her last name instead of Will's last name with Riley, but, you know, I don't know. It'll work. It'll work. Congratulations, guys. (laughs) What could go wrong? (laughs) And congrats on the birth of Hayes Henson. Welcome to the world, Hayes. Wow. Happy birthday. Uh, Welcome to the world. That's awesome. All right. Let's talk some college football news. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Guys, winter is here, but the weather doesn't matter. It's always hard seltzer season, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast. And that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink in the hot tub, by the fire, and at the tailgate. You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic drive-in flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water. Or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack. Find it at your local grocery, convenience, and liquor stores. I had a few Sonic Hard Seltzers this weekend. Went down real nice. Nice. Ocean Water? I had... Lime, original lime. It's really good. It may nice. be my favorite one. Nice. National College Football Roundup. The QB carousel is spinning out of control. Okay, so this is, I think I've got everything on here. Bo Nix is headed to Oregon, which is a bit of a head stretcher. Now, I know that, uh, I understand that Kenny Dillingham was at Auburn in 2019. Now he's going out there to be the offense coordinator, but just an interesting move with a couple of really talented young quarterbacks on that roster. But hey, Bo knows, I suppose. Culture shock. Uh, it's going to be different, different uh, atmosphere up there. But yeah, it's crazy. Max Johnson is transferring to Texas A&M. So that means Miles Brennan is no longer in the portal. He has decided to stay at LSU. So how about Max Johnson, Ted, going from SEC West? He's just going a little farther west, and he's going to A&M now. I, I think that it does not move the needle at all for Texas A&M. Just my thoughts. I, I think he does some nice things at times. I think he's got a big arm, but... If you're Texas a and if you're a Texas A&M fan, 
I don't know that you're saying, yes, finally, we got a quarterback that's going to get us over the hump. I kind of feel like I hate saying this, just a guy. Yeah. And because he's coming to A&M, Zach Calzada jumped in the portal and in a first. Now, he was the starter for several games of the year, but remember, he was a backup. And he was actually third string because you got to remember, what was the kid's name? Haynes King is the one that got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And then as Calzada, he he actually made a video like a, like a goodbye, I'm going into the portal video that he put on social media, which is just absolutely hilarious to me. Uh, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> the whole video thing is just, it's ridiculous. What bugs There's, you more? The I'm I'm going into the portal graphic, or the like minute plus long video that Calzada put out. There's some production value in that. Probably the video. Probably the video. It's just dumb. I. If you want to say hey, thank you to everyone. I'm I'm entering the portal. What that's fine. I got no problem with that. That's I got no problem with that. A video is too much. An announcement that you're not entering the transfer portal is worse than anything. That is the lowest of the low whenever it comes to announcements or videos. Unless it comes from Caleb Williams, then we fully support it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh right. Oh okay. The carousel. Adrian Martinez transferring to Kansas State. <laughs> and, okay. I I don't want to be too tough on Martinez, but the dude is a turnover waiting to happen, whether it's an interception. I think going into the season, he was like on pace to break the FBS lost fumbles record, and maybe he got it. I, I know he had a bunch more this season, but I – Will Howard's not good. He's not the guy. We can all agree on that. But if you're a Kansas State fan, are you excited about this? I mean, he's athletic. He's played a lot of football. He's been a captain. Like, there's no doubt. He is a tough dude. I'll give him that. But all the dude does is turn the football over. I, of all of the transfer portal stuff I've seen that we've talked about at quarterback, this one. I think is the best move. I think that his size, his athleticism, I think in K-State's system where you can be you can be really conservative like the the way they play, I don't man, I I think it's going to be good for him. Does that mean I think Kansas State's going to win the Big 12? No. Does it mean I think Kansas State's going to even make it to the Big 12 championship game? No, it does not. But I think this is a good, solid move for him and for Kansas State. I think he can, like, they don't, they don't need a whole lot from their quarterback. And maybe if you take some off of his plate, uh, use him in the run game, figure out a way to, to l- limit the turnovers, I feel like it's a way better option than anything else they have. Yeah, I mean, he's better than Will Howard. So, I 
I guess it's an upgrade. I, I mean, I, I'm excited to see what Adrian Martinez can be there because you got to remember, he was supposed to be the savior at Nebraska, right? He was supposed to be the guy that kind of took them to the next level and had them contending for the Big Ten championship and things like that. It just never worked out for him. So it is one of those, hey, maybe he just needed a fresh start. And I, this sounds dumb, but I think he's going to look good in purple, which he is will. like half the battle. Here's one of the things. That I, this is why it's really exciting in really exciting. This is why I think it has a chance to work. He's going to have way better skill guys around him. Uh, Nebraska, you know, they've, they've got some big, strong physical guys, but skill position has not been their strong point. He's going to have a first team All-American in the background uh, or in the backfield with him in Deuce Vaughn. Uh, they've had they've had multiple guys that have come through there as wide receivers that have done uh, really good things. I think Malik Knowles is done, right? Is he or does he have one more? I all the COVID year stuff. Like right. I don't know what age anyone is anymore. Yeah, I, I, if if Malik Knowles is back, um, that that just adds a, another guy there. They'll have some good skill position guys for him. He'll have a better supporting cast than he did at Nebraska. Yeah. All right, Michael Penix Jr. Remember of Indiana fame last year, didn't go very well this year. He is headed to Washington. We talked about Calzada. He's in the portal now. We'll see when where he ends up. And I think I said he was third string. I just, he's got a third string name. He, he would have been third <laughs> string next year with with Max Johnson coming, but he, he was their backup this year. I'm sorry, Zach. I, I'm sorry. That was mean. I apologize. Uh, Casey Thompson. In the transfer portal, uh, sounds like he just didn't feel like he had much support there from anyone, like anyone that would have gone to bat for him to be the starter. So hops in the portal, and that becomes an interesting option. Does Casey Thompson make sense at OU? Um, I mean, it all depends on what happens with Caleb Williams, right? Right. Not right now. Okay. He does. Yeah, I agree with that. Not right now. For both parties. For both parties. If if something if something weird happens, then then maybe, but I don't know. I pretty doubtful. Pretty doubtful. I I will say he's a tough guy. He's an experienced guy. I like the way he goes about his business, right? Low key. Just puts the work in. And he played a lot of this season with a messed up hand, messed up throwing hand, and battled through it. So, uh, of course, I've got, you know, I, I have a certain affection for Casey Thompson because of the family he comes from. Because Kendall was a teammate of mine. I've known Casey since he was a little kid. So I want to see him succeed. So I'm just, I, I really hope he lands somewhere that puts him in a good spot, right? I, I hope he lands somewhere and becomes a starter because he, he seems like he goes about it the right way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Nebraska. Ooh. I mean, it's an upgrade for Nebraska, in my opinion. Big upgrade, yeah. especially when it comes to throwing the football. And he's he's got some good skill. 
I mean, he, what did he throw? Five touchdowns, the OU Texas game. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, it's a forgettable performance that no one's going to remember because of the way that game ended. But um, he's he's very capable, very capable. He's a he'll start at most places, like most like middle of the road type of uh, places that don't have a quarterback. He could, he could go in and start easily for, for most of those schools. So he's going to have a bunch of options. Yeah. Okay. And the one name that probably caught most people around here's attention was Dylan Gabriel. So Dylan Gabriel, he was in the transfer portal, uh, you know, was an extremely productive player at UCF. And he has committed to UCLA. And we thought that he may be OU's quarterback next season if Caleb Williams decides to go elsewhere. And the one thing about it is on the little graphic, Ted, because of course there's a graphic for it. And he's, he's Photoshopped, or I don't know if he's been on a visit there and he actually had the jersey on or if it's Photoshopped. It's really well done. Guy looks great in UCLA blue, which is just a tremendous color, but it says committed. Nowhere does it say in any form or fashion signed. It says committed. So while he's committed to UCLA and time is, is certainly, you know, ticking, the clock is ticking. It's not like it's a done deal. Am I understanding that correctly? Because if Caleb Williams, because I I fully believe if Caleb Williams lets the coaching staff knows he's leaving, that Dylan Gabriel's coming to Oklahoma. Like I still believe it. I still believe that, even though he's put out the "I'm committed to UCLA" graphic. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, and I don't. I actually don't know how that works. Like, what the timing has to be. Do you have to wait for the new semester to start? Like I don't know how that works, but um, can we talk about this for a second though? Like with with Caleb Williams, he's not going anywhere, and and I know everyone's kind of worried about it. And well, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna? Where's he? There's nowhere to go. Where's he gonna go? Is he gonna go to USC? A four and eight football team last year? No, he's not going to USC to start over at USC. There's no way that's happening. You're not going to Ohio State. You're not going to Alabama. You want to go start over at Florida? You want to start over with some of these other teams? There's nowhere to go. Go play for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Be my guest. He's not going to play for Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. You know what I'm saying? It's like there, there's, there's nowhere else to go. He's got the hottest offensive coordinator in the country. OU is going to win. They've won 10, have a chance to win 11 games, be 11-2 and two football team. They're going to be the favorite to win the Big 12 next year. He's going to be on the short list for the Heisman Trophy. I don't even know why it's a discussion. I, I'm with you. Like him leaving, I, I think it would be a mistake. The the one school, and it just popped into my head when you said it, the one school that, and I, I listen, I want to make it clear, I know nothing. Like I haven't heard this or anything like that. But 
Notre Dame could use an upgrade at the quarterback position. There's no doubt. But you're not going to go to a place that has no history, recent history at least, of a quarterback putting up big numbers, huge, huge numbers. The guy that just signed a contract to coach here does have that history. No, I'm with you. I, now, I know I, say, I know everyone's worried about it and like there's all this drama and the and the the time is ticking and when do we find out if Caleb's staying or going? Relax. He's not going anywhere. There's nowhere to go. We've we've already we've already predicted how it's gonna go down. <laughs> He's he accounts for like five or six touchdowns in the Alamo Bowl. He's on the stage getting his Alvo Alamo Bowl MVP trophy. He takes the mic and he says I'll see you next year, Sooner Nation. And then just drops it. It's like it's like a WWE promo. It's going to be perfect. Can't wait. That's it. Just don't say I'm back or we're back because that has – that's literally like the one thing people remember about Ellinger. Like that's the (laughs) one thing. (laughs) I know. The guy had a pretty pretty solid career at Texas, and that's like – you mentioned that guy's name. He's like, oh, the the I'm back thing? Oh, hilarious. You're just like, wow. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Bowl game highlights from the weekend. Did you watch any games? Were you were you laying on the cuz I was just laying on the couch like all weekend for the most part and I was I was soaking in the Boca Raton Bowl. I watched bits and pieces of quite a bit of things, but I didn't I didn't sit there and watch any game really start to finish. No, I was I was on my phone and like, I, I wasn't like locked in, but I did like what I saw from Bailey Zappi. I mean, that, yeah. and that is a guy you remember last year when Houston Baptist almost beat tech. You remember that game? Yes. And yep. the like Stearns brothers were just running wild on him. Zappi was the quarterback for them in that game. And I remembered that name being like, that's a weird name. That guy threw it all over the yard on him though. But he, he set a bunch of records in the Boca Raton bowl. Uh, Western Kentucky smacked App State 59-38. And, man, Zappi had some absolute dimes in this game. There's no doubt he can play, but ends up setting two single-season passing records in this one. Broke Joe Burrow's single-season touchdown pass record of 60. Zappi ends up with 62 touchdown passes on the year and also broke B.J. Simon's single-season passing yards record. Bailey Zappi, the best passer in any single season in college football history. What the hell? It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, they've been putting up huge numbers all year. Um, That's nuts, though. Those two records, uh, not easy to beat. And didn't – I thought Burrow ended up with, like, 70 touchdowns. Is that counting, like, the playoff? I don't know. I, I, he, all I know is they were making a huge deal out of it on the broadcast. They were like, bro's got 60. Zappy's got to light it up today. And boy, did he ever. And he ended up with 62. Well, uh, Burrow threw like 35 touchdowns against us at the Peach Bowl. So he could have thrown 10 <laughs> yeah. in the first half. <laughs> we laugh. We laugh about it because it was so painful. Oh, my gosh. Brutal. Brutal. So, so some people may hear that and be like, why Why should we care about Bailey Zappi? Well, OU fans should care about it a little bit because the offense, offensive coordinator calling the plays for Bailey Zappi 
is a guy named Zach Kitley. And Western Kentucky, you look at what they did last year compared to this year offensively. Last year, they averaged 19 points per game. This season, they finished after what they did in this one. They finished averaging 44.2 points per game. And Kitley will be the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech next season. He took that job Joey McGuire, with Joey McGuire. So he was at Tech before. He was one of the guys that helped coach Mahomes, I guess. But there, that's how it all ties in a little bit is that Zach Kitley is a name that we need to remember because this guy lit it up calling plays at Western Kentucky. And it sounds like this is a guy that is climbing the ladder quickly, Ted. Yeah. So is Cumby out? Because they had said originally that he was staying, right? He took the head job at Louisiana Tech. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, Sonny Cumbie's a headed head coach. Nice. Like, permanent. Permanent. So, I know you're going to root hard for Louisiana Tech now. Uh, yeah, I'll root hard for him. I, w- I thought maybe that uh, Louisiana Tech would go after maybe Tim Rattay, who at uh, Oklahoma State, he's from there, and he coached there previously, but – Oh, Cumbie. Okay. See how it goes. Now, and this is the last question I've got for you when it comes to bowl games that happened this weekend. There were two <laughs> there were two pretty bad results. Okay, first, yes, Deion Sanders landed Travis Hunter. And he, he's the number one recruit in the country. That's awesome. But Jackson State got smacked in the celebration bowl by South Carolina State, 31-10. I mean, they got smacked in what is called, or what is known as the HBCU National Championship game. But that was bad. Did you happen to catch the end of the Cure Bowl between Northern Illinois and Coastal Carolina? I didn't, and this is one of the games where I watched a pretty decent chunk of, and Coastal Carolina, they looked good. They looked like they were going to cruise. Northern Illinois, fourth down. They throw like this is at the very end of the game. Fourth down, throw it out. I did see this. I did yes. see this. Were the refs just like panicked? He's you like, uh, one the, the game end. Yeah, they literally stood it. Now, first of all, the guy dropped the ball, so it should have been incomplete and game over, right? Okay, yes, but that's not what happened. They ruled it a catch, and then they set the ball and. The ref, so this is how it's supposed to work, people. The ref standing over the ball is supposed to clear the offense before they wind the play clock. Like, he holds you up, and then he, he gets time to get out of the way before the play clock starts, right, to get the chains reset on a first down. The guy just stood over the ball and wouldn't let him snap it. They didn't sub, and the game just ended. It was insane. I cannot well, believe Northern Illinois wasn't losing their mind. It was insane. Well, they were. The coach The coach lost his mind. And the other thing is, if they ruled it a catch, he was out of bounds. Should have stopped the clock. Yeah, and that was... Which, originally, he stopped the clock. Did you see the signal? So, he, he went overhand, crossed, yep. crossed the arms overhead. That is, the clock is stopped. But then, he, like, looked to the umpire, and he, like, did a hand motion... This is why yeah. you should watch on YouTube, people. You can see all my hand motions. He did like <laughs> this little like this, 
which when you wind the clock, it's a big like windmill. He just did like this little circle with his finger. He panicked, dude. He freaked out. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. That was crazy. And I can't believe the the head guy didn't like try to get a grasp on the situation. Like there should have been a uh like I said, if they're ruling that a catch and it was a first down, they should have like buzzed down to like review it or that was bad. It was bad. Dude, those those all happened so fast field. though. <laughs> they got off that field as fast as they could. Oh man. But I I have uh, like I do not care about Northern Illinois. I do not care about Coastal Carolina. I was offended. By the way, like my my wife was like, "What is wrong?" I was like, "These kids just got screwed. This is ridiculous." And she's like, well, "I I watched it too, and then I was waiting for something to happen, and it was just like, all right, that's it. We'll see you guys later." It it was unreal. I like I was furious. I didn't know like I was mad. I was like, why am I so mad? Like this game doesn't matter to me at all. I just I we should have gotten one play for the game to be decided. That's why I was mad because like that's why I watched those stupid bowl games. I want right. to see those exciting like finishes and we got robbed of it because the referee just like blacked out and forgot what he was doing with his limbs. Even if if you're a referee, you got to say, "Okay, whatever. Let's give him one last chance here. This is a bowl game. Who cares?" Right? Everyone wants to see like a final play to win it. Exactly. Oh, frustrating. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, concussions are a part of football. They don't have to be a part of your pool party. Nip the slip with Soft Rocks rubber safety surfacing and spend more time enjoying your outdoor parties and less time worrying about a slip and fall on your pool deck. Soft Rock of OKC specializes in customized slip-resistant decorative rubber surfacing for your pool decks, patios, walkways, and gym floors. Local business owners Heidi and Cody Clark at SoftRock of OKC are ready to help you prevent that next slip. Visit softrock.com slash OKC. That's S-O-F-T-R-O-C dot com slash OKC for more information. The Clarks also own the driveway company. The driveway company has tailored solutions to eliminate all of your driveway problems. They can repair cracks. Clean and seal your rotting grass field joints to prevent water damage, ultimately saving you thousands of dollars in future repairs. Visit thedrivewaycompany.com slash OKC for all of your driveway repair needs. Learn more about SoftRock and the Driveway Company by visiting their Facebook and Instagram pages or by calling 405-294-9834. Yeah, and it seems like if you're going to do something to your pool, winner. Perfect time to do it. Time to do it. That's Perfect right. Perfect time. Make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence with a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, Contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? There are two people that pretty much unanimously everyone on the planet wants to watch them play golf. Tiger Woods and John Daly. Okay. (laughs) Well, 
we got a treat, man, because Tiger Woods and John Daly's offspring, uh, John Daly the second and Charlie Woods, they're coming up. They're both really good. John Daly's son is a uh, a freshman at Arkansas. They won the uh, um, the the challenge this weekend, thirty six hole challenge. Uh, Tiger and Charlie Woods got second. Uh, John Daly and JD the second, twenty seven under. Tiger and Charlie Woods twenty five under. And it was so awesome to watch all of the the father son combinations out there and like how every all the mannerisms and all that stuff how how in, in tune they are and your boy the 12 year old Charlie Woods looks like he's going to be legit I am I for one was shocked that he's so good at golf <laughs> I know right weird I mean stun the kids swing it's just like I watched quite a bit of it and the entire time I, number one, I was mad at my parents for not getting me into golf when I was a child, because it's like anything that if you start young, you're going to end up being better at it. And then number two, I just, like, I just felt bad about myself watching it, watching him swing. Is that weird? Because I was just like, I was like, that's great for that kid, but this makes me feel terrible. It's awesome though, that everything he does looks exactly like his dad. Uh, just the way he moves out there, the way he mimics like the fist pumps and all that stuff. He's got some, he's got a little bit of swag out there too. Did you see him make that putt uh, and give Justin Thomas the money sign? This is awesome. This is great. I loved it. I will say, you know, it was fun watching Tiger, but at points it was clear like he's hurting. Yeah. Hurting. Yeah. But it was, it was classic Tiger Woods. Like, ah, yeah, you know, but. My leg almost fell off. It's fine. I'll just, I'll just play. It's fine. Just <laughs> it's like, good to see him man. back out there, though, man. It's because it really hasn't been that long. Just, just over a year, right? Or maybe under a year. Yeah, it hadn't even been a year, has it? Yeah, it's. Yeah, because I think it was maybe right around the Super Bowl. His because he was doing some of that stuff for the Super Bowl, wasn't it? Like. Yeah, they... it hasn't been. Yeah, it hadn't been a full year yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I... it's good to see him out there. John Daly is so fun to watch. His son looks a lot like him. It's great, man. I loved it. I love they're just they're just cut they cut to the fairway and Daly's just ripping a heater in the middle of the fairway. It's like just waiting for the guys in front of him to get off the grade. He's just like smoking the hell out of a cigarette. You're just like, well, the shocking part is he had shoes on. He's usually barefoot on the golf course. I saw this video of him uh earlier in the week. He's standing around with a group of guys, and I guess they were having like a closest to the pin chipping challenge. And he steps up there, like one drink in his hand, wedge in the other hand, one hands it, wedge shot, drains it. And it's just like, God, it's so, he's so cool to watch, man. It's fun. Oh, I love John Daly. God, that was really fun to watch. They should, they should do some more of that stuff. It was like, it was like feel good golf. I wasn't like nervous for anyone. You know what I mean? Right. And there's probably, you could probably, it's probably limited how much you could do it before everyone, like it's, it's kids that you never get to see. So that's, what's cool. But I saw someone like a tweet and it's so true. It's like, this is the first time Tiger Woods was not the, uh, not getting the most attention on the golf course. And it was his son. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. His son's going to be like, He's going to be a legend. Like we can, we can all acknowledge that right now. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend? 
Ah, uh, it's the head injury stuff, man. Oh came my back god, dude! Were you way. watching Red Zone today? Uh, yeah, I I saw enough for, to see him carting Teddy Bridgewater off with his face mask off. God, so you have man. that, and then you had the Thursday night game with Parham uh, going down non-contact. So it's we hadn't seen a whole lot of this recently and then all of a sudden in one weekend you get like a wave of it uh but it sounds like both guys are going to be okay teddy bridgewater got movement uh parm's got uh movement and uh, i think everything's going to be all right but it's always scary whenever you see that and it's it's weird to play in a game whenever something big like that happens and then it's like the cart drives off and it's like there's the whistle and okay here we go it almost feels like are we supposed to keep going like is this supposed to be canceled or something but you got to keep going out there and grinding through it have you ever been in one of those games like face mask off yep. Ooh, that's awful it's well, you you did you you met frank davis the assistant strength coach right that was at ou Gigantic yeah, 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 dude. yeah, giant guy. Yeah, Frank. He, gotcha. I was with him in Detroit, and I saw him get hit. This is back whenever the wedge was still legal, and there's a whole, like, there's a whole backstory to this. But he and another guy collided on kickoff, and it like his helmet like broke in half. Uh, they had to stabilize him and cart him off. Screwed up his neck. The other guy's face mask broke and was hanging off, and he was bleeding out of his eyeballs. Paul Smith <laughs> broke his broke both of his eye sockets. It's crazy, man. Biggest collision I've ever seen. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, sounds like yeah. it. Yeah, I thought I thought Frank was like, I thought it was over for him. Yeah. It's brutal. It is. It's a reminder that football. But when it when the guys are as big and as and as athletic as the guys in the NFL are, man, really bad things can happen. I, it's not often, but yeah, both of those. What they showed Bridgewater, I was like, man, that dude can't buy a break. Like his remember his leg almost fell off in Minnesota, yeah. and now like, I, and it sounds like he's fine moving all his limbs yeah. and everything. But I was just like, damn, man, how much bad luck can one guy have? Brutal. That, what a transition to a whiskey read. <laughs> if you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you are doing, head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some of Balcones, Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. It's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. In 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the best-in-glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McCallan. It became the first American distillery to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit balconesdistilling.com. 
Okay, for my winner of the weekend, thought about going with UTEP. They lost to Fresno State in the New Mexico Bowl, but that fake QB sneak pop pass that they threw for a touchdown was absolutely sick. That was an awesome play. I've always thought about that, like in my head, that people should do that. So it was cool to see someone pull it off. That was awesome. Yeah. Also thought about going with Jake Paul. I don't watch boxing, but (laughs) that clip of him knocking Woodley out was everywhere. I I think everyone in the world has seen it. And that guy has made and is going to continue to make a fortune as a boxer. And I'll give him some respect. Seems like the dude really works at it. So he does. At at the very beginning, like it was like, ha ha, some YouTube guys fighting but now he's like five years in of non-stop straight training for uh mma and boxing so yeah at this point you're getting a professional boxer whenever you go in the ring with him yeah and i think he moved to like puerto rico or costa rica or one of those to because he wanted to be able to just like focus on training like the dude is deep in it and yeah strong right I'll give him credit. That's a strong right. And I'm telling you that he, I don't know what the numbers are, but he is making incredible money doing it. Oh yeah. Like if you box, like go, it's, it's gotta be frustrating as hell for a professional boxer that did it all. Like did the amateur thing. It did like the Olympic thing. And then, transitioned into professional and just tried to fight get fights and make your way up the the rankings to have a chance at the championship and then there's this douche off of youtube that's you know just decided to fight a celebrity and makes like 20 million dollars a pay-per-view it's got to be they're way more than that now but like whenever he first started i bet this how much have they said the numbers on the pay-per-view no it's gotta be like 100 million bucks yeah I mean, he is making a ridiculous amount of cash off this. And he's undefeated. So, yeah. And his, his brother could fight, too. Yeah. His brother's lost some. But, hey, still, yeah. dudes are killing it. Um, but my winner of the weekend, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. For those of you that are new to the podcast, we, we, once football season is completely over and gone with, we do a little thing we call FGTB around here. And that is football guys talking basketball. And we're going to do a little mini one right here, Ted, because an awesome game that I was at Saturday night, SGA with the game winner, the sidestep, he creates the space on Batum. Batum was just like, damn, I'm not even going to get to challenge that shot. He's so far away from me. And nothing but the bottom of the net to win the game at the buzzer. Listen, if the Thunder are going to win a game, this is exactly the way you want them to do it at home and against the team whose draft pick they own in the next draft. So it is, it's perfect. It's a perfect situation. And that's a shot we've seen Shea work on this year. And he, he he's busted it out this season. And for him to hit a game winner on that, it was pretty awesome. And it kind of speaks to the work he's put in to improve his game. I'm not sure what the celebration dance he went with was, though he called it the Lamar Odom dance i i listen you win a game like that with a shot like that you can do whatever you want but let's let's calm down 
yeah, let's calm down on trying to uh, trying to replicate things Lamar Odom did. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Ted? Yeah, that was crazy, and you had the best video of it that I saw anywhere. That's a viral tweet, right? Steady, steady hand with the iPhone eight, which by the way, now people are starting to make fun of me. Cause I still have an iPhone eight. I, I know I need to get an upgrade, but I just really like the home button. Okay. I really, I don't I want do the too. home button to go away. I'm a, I'm a six S guy with my phone right now. That's real bad. Six S. Yeah. I think that's you what win. it is. It's old. God, we need we need to get with the times, man. We, no, we sound dude. old as hell. I want but, the button with I'm with you. I don't want a new phone. <laughs> you don't want the government scanning your uh, face. That's what you don't want. <laughs> True. <laughs> but a couple other things from that game. Uh Josh Giddy. Two hundred thousand views on that video. That's good. That's awesome. Hopefully all those people find our podcast from that. Watch us on YouTube. I did. It, it's all for the podcast, Ted. Come on. But Josh Giddy had what? Eight points, 18 rebounds, 10 assists. You know, it was, I guess no one knew he had, needed a, a couple points for a triple double. They probably should have got him that, but whatever. He also missed a bunch of shots there in the fourth quarter, but he is, he continues to impress Lou Dort. Dude, Lou Dort. I swear you look at what he's making. And the way that he is producing on the court now, I don't know how, if there are any contracts that are better in the NBA. Like that may be the most team friendly contract in the entire National Basketball Association. Dude had 29 in this game, went four of eight from three. Like his improvement offensively continues to be just fantastic. And then Trey Mann, the rookie, he's exciting to watch, Ooh. man. You talk about creating space. Why? We've, we've seen him dunk on some fools these last couple of weeks, man. They, once again, this was a really fun game to watch. So don't be mad that they won, people. It was fun. Let's just have fun with the win. Giddy's a hell of a passer, man. Oh, yeah. That one, he threaded the needle down the, uh, you know, through a couple of people for a layup was awesome. Oh, you're telling on yourself. You've actually watched some basketball. No, nope, that was just a clip. Just a clip, just, just a highlight. Just a highlight. <laughs> Best part from this game, though, uh, I wanted to share this. And if you have your kids in the car, maybe mute it here in about five seconds because there's going to be a quote. Luke Kennard had 27 from uh, for the Clippers. And at one point, I'm just chatting with him. All right. I'm like, hey, how you doing, Luke? And like, hey, everything all right? Holidays are stressful. Like, I'm just, I'm just being stupid. I've been drinking a lot of red wine. And he's like, man, he looks up at the scoreboard. He's like, not good, man. I was like, what? He, and at the time, he had like 21 points. So it's just like, tell me about it, man. Like, what's going on? And he just like is sitting there laughing. So I'm like, ah, oh, you know, we're, we're chatting. We're having fun. It's late in the fourth quarter. He hits a three. And I honestly, I did think he got fouled, but I didn't say anything. And he hits a three and it's right in front of me. And he gets up, turns around right in my face. Like I'm talking <laughs> two, three feet from my face, Ted. It says, and fucking one. <laughs> and I, I just i just started dying laughing i was like and my boy ryan johnson and i we were like what was that <laughs> i was like i was like luke i thought we were friends and there's a dead ball the next possession they're going and it was a media timeout and he walks over he's like dude i 
I, I'm sorry. I don't know why I did that. I'm so sorry. It would, dude. It was so funny. Uh, that's great. I need to find that clip. I haven't seen that. Have you oh. seen it on TV? I I haven't looked show for it, it but uh, I it like stared me right in the eyes, like into awesome. my soul. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. Oh, that's great. But the best part was him apologizing. He's like, it was almost like he's like, hey man, Tiger got out of the cage. I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and i gave him the, the the old soccer like thumbs up i was like hey we're good we're good it was, it was hilarious though that's funny all right my for my loser of the weekend i thought about going with youtube tv uh i don't know if you saw everyone and their dog complaining about youtube tv but everyone was losing it on them for not getting a deal done with espn disney whatever you want to call it before bowl games started all the cord cutters were up in arms and they ended up getting a deal done on Sunday. So the people that switched to something else because they were so mad at YouTube TV only for it to be resolved a day later. That's hilarious to me. That's awesome. The cord cutting I've noticed uh, originally it was cheaper. It was cool. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting the cord. But now you've got like 50 different $5 a month subscriptions to stuff and <laughs> in the long run it's probably just as much or more yeah i've i've stuck strong with the cox cable man i've, yep. I've kept it the whole time so you know hey but my loser of the weekend the arizona cardinals Woo! what was that i mean went to detroit with a chance to clinch a playoff spot and got absolutely smacked by the lions and the cardinals have been awesome on the road up to this point undefeated on the road up to this point and they just couldn't score points offensively they they couldn't put the ball in the end zone and i'm not sure if kyler murray is hurt or what but it just was not sharp at all in this game and now it certainly doesn't help that deandre hopkins is out for the foreseeable future with the mcl but and kyler didn't really look like himself in this one especially when he was scrambling around you know he didn't look normally when he's scrambling around, he looks like he's in like two times speed. Right. He looked in about one and one fourth, one and a half, which is probably mm. how some people listen to this podcast. Looked but, human. Yeah, it, it was he didn't look as ridiculous as normal and hit a weird interception. I know he was mad at AJ Green, but I I didn't think that that was a good decision with the football with how long he held it. It just he got outplayed by Jared Goff. And I know it's not. It's not how football works, but Jared Goff was really solid, and Kyler Murray just was off. I, I don't know, man. The the Lions, they beat him up. I didn't see that one coming. I think it was seventeen zero at halftime. I think, and I was like, surely that's flipped around. Like that's not not right. But yeah, look at Campbell getting the boys going up there late, trying to make a late run in this thing, get to that elusive four win mark, maybe. So. I I think I understand the origin of why the Lions beat the Cardinals in this game. There's something I saw on Saturday. The Cardinals owner, I think his name's Bidwell. Bidwell, I think that's right. He he bought him a team plane. So for those of you that don't know, like NFL teams, for the most part, you just fly on like a charter flight, whether it's United or Delta, like you just go get on one of those planes. Now, the Patriots have their own plane, 
that that Bob Kraft got him. And now the Cardinals have their own plane. I think they're the only the, those are the only two teams That's right. that have their own planes. And the Cardinals flew to this game in their brand new plane for the first time. And they've got like the first class pods, like when you're flying to Europe, they can lay all the way back and like you got the TV set up. And so is just, that for how many of those do they have in there? 28. Woo, starters, so, huh? Yeah. So like every starter is getting the first class pod and the other seats for the re- rest of the roster are like all business class setups for the for the coaches and the rest of the roster. Like it's legit. But I could see Dan Campbell being like, these soft ass bitches. Oh yeah. Flying in their fancy plane. Let's let's hit them right in the let's show them who's tough. Like grit, Detroit. Hell yeah. Bite their leg off, right? Isn't that what he said in the uh in kneecaps. His... Kneecaps. Kneecaps. That's awesome. He is such a good dude. I I I hope they that he has success there. I hope he does. And hey, that's a nice win. Gotta get it rolling uh somehow. Yep. It was fun. It was I I couldn't believe it. I watched a lot of that game. I was just like, damn, they're just I'm shocked them up. that every NFL team doesn't have its own plane. Me too, at this it's point. So much cheaper over time. Like Bob Kraft, I think I read somewhere that 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 I, I think he got that jet at like some major discount. Cause it was like a it was used to be an airliner, you know? That that's the only way I buy my jets. Is when yeah. they're like really on sale. When they've got know? a lot of miles on them. Yeah. When they've really racked up some miles. <laughs> but it it is it super expensive to do those charters. And you're doing, you know, what at least 10 a year. And if you're a playoff team, you know, who knows how many you're doing. And gosh, over time it's gotta be way cheaper. There there's gotta be someone that's got like a lot of knowledge of like plain costs that can explain to us that listens to this. I'm just, I'm just, there's going to be one person that this applies to perfectly that like knows a lot about how much those jets cost and like why teams wouldn't do that. There's got to be a reason, right? That every team in the league just doesn't have their own plane, well, right? I guess you end up having like uh, insurance exposure. You got to insure it as well. And I don't know if they charter it out the Patriots playing, you know, if he charters it out and whenever they're not using it in the off season to other, that's like how you pay it off. Right. Yeah. That, that would make sense, but they do that with know. yachts. That's right. So I don't know someone that is smart enough and knows enough about that stuff. Let us know YouTube comments or tweet us on that note. Episode 174 in the books. We were all over the place in this episode. That's a good one. I loved it. <laughs> it was great. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Thursday morning. Actually, I, are we going to record? We're going to record a little earlier on Wednesday. So maybe a little yeah. earlier, like Ooh. a Wednesday night drop. Yeah. So just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from two to six on 94, seven, the ref. You can hear me from three to five on Sirius XM, big 12 radio channel, three seventy five. Hope you all have a great week until next time. We appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do. Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
for just one more time.